All right, tonight, if you'll take your Bibles, let's turn to Romans chapter number 15. Look at Romans chapter number 15. We began looking last week at chapter 14 and 15, talking about harmony in the church. And in fact, I want to go ahead and read, if we will, some of the verses we covered last week there in chapter 15. And we're going to be covering verses 5 through 7 tonight. And tonight we want to be look at uh, uh, part two of this harmony in the church, and it has to do with being like-minded as believers. Being like-minded as believers. Look at verse number one, Romans fifteen, verse one. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak, and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us. Please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one Toward another, according to Christ Jesus, that she may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore receive ye one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. And we'll leave off reading there. Believers, we see first of all, are to be like-minded in a godly way toward one another. That's what he's saying there in verse number 5. Let's read it again. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. Let's break it down. Now the God of patience. Paul is saying here that God is patient. Aren't you glad? <laughs> I'm glad God's patient with us. You know, some people have the idea about God that, man, you know, they're afraid if they do something wrong that God's going to thump them. <laughs> you know, that he's... You know, they do it, and they're in the act of doing it, and they just, boom, you know, buddy, you're out of here. Uh, that's the way we think, the way we would be, but that's not the way God is. Uh, Paul says here, God is patient with us. In other words, he bears patiently with the errors and faults of his children, and we certainly have those, don't we? Amen. None of us measure up. We still fall short of God each and every day, and uh, praise the Lord that he is patient. Now, in light of this, God is also the one who can grant or give to us the patience that we need in order to bear patiently the infirmities and errors of each other. God's patient with us. We ought to be patient with each other. You know, just, as he, just as He is toward us, we're to be with one another. So, the example of God here, uh, who bears along with His children and is not soon angry at their offenses, is a strong argument of why we, as believers, should bear along with each other. If God patiently bears along with our infirmities, we ought to bear along with each other. But it all talks about here, now the God of patience, but he says, and consolation. He's the God of consolation too, okay? God is not only the God of patience, but He's also the God of consolation, or we could say comfort. God comforts us. Um, 
2 Corinthians 7 verse 6 says that God comforteth those that are cast down. Aren't you glad that when uh, you know, we have a bad day, we're going through the trials, that we can look to the Lord and He can comfort us. We can look in Scripture and maybe get something to lift our hearts um, when we're cast down. God is the, is the one who gives or imparts consolation to us and, and accordingly He gives us the ability to be a uh, comfort and consolation to others. Let's turn for a moment. Hold your place there in Romans. Just uh, um, two books over to 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. And uh, I want us to see a couple of verses here. Verse 3 through 5. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 1. Verse number 3. It says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. What a blessing, amen. Who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation aboundeth by Christ. So uh, the Lord shows himself on our behalf to give us uh, that comfort and consolation so that we, when we see someone else going through a difficult time, can impart to them. So let me, let me tell you how the Lord comforted me when I was going through a difficult time. God is the one who gives or imparts consolation to us and gives us the ability to do likewise with those going through a difficult time. He says, um, back, in our, back in our text now, let's, let's take a look at the next part of that verse. The, the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another. Now, that word like-minded means to think the same thing. To think the same thing. And that is, we are to have God's patience and consolation one toward another. We're to think like God. Uh, we have the mind of Christ, don't we? And so we are to, we are to think in those instances, what, what would God do? And what would He have me to do? Think, grant you to be like-minded one toward another. And it says, according to Christ Jesus. Now, we could say, according to Christ Jesus, according to the example and spirit of Christ. Amen. Um, remember when Jesus was about to leave the earth, he gave his uh, disciples a promise that he would send another comforter, another comforter of the same kind, actually, is the way the word, if you uh, were to take a look at it in the original, another of the, uh, the same kind there in John 14, verse 16. In other words, he was saying, I'm going to send you another comforter just like me. Another one just like Jesus. And we have the Holy Spirit, don't we? That comforter that dwells within, he is the one just like Jesus. And, and he manifests his fruit in our lives as believers. And what are the fruits of the Spirit? Well, we know they're manifested, they're, they're, they're listed by Paul in Galatians 5, verse 22 and 23. But Christ's Spirit 
was and is a spirit of uh, the same as the, the Holy Spirit, a spirit of love. What does love do? It seeks the highest good for another person. Amen? I'm talking about biblical love. God's love, Christ's love for us, seeks the highest good for others. Uh, He gives us joy. Our joy is in the Lord. I like the way Paul told the Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. There's always something to rejoice in, in what the Lord does. And uh, even when we're going through difficult time, we can rejoice in Him that... Uh, the, our trials are temporary, amen, and it's not always going to be that bad. Uh, he'll bring us through, but we joy uh, because our joy is in the Lord. Peace, uh, Christ purchased our peace, and we can have not only peace with God, but peace of God. And if, as we keep our mind and hearts on Him, He does give us His peace. Long-suffering. That word long-suffering, talking about forbearing one another or putting up with one another. Yeah. Uh, we're not real good at that, but God's real good at putting up with us, isn't He? Amen. He, he puts up with me more than, than, more than my fair share, I can tell you. Uh, gentleness, and it's exhibiting kindness is what gentleness is. And uh, Jesus was kind, we ought to be kind. And the Bible gives us command, be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you, over in Ephesians chapter number 4. Now, uh, goodness, when we know that God is good all the time, and all the time God is good, amen? Um, so when should we be good? All the time, amen? Uh, faith, trusting, we need to be trusting God and His Word, just believe, believing God. Meekness, talking about that humility. Um, we have a tendency to be full of pride, don't we? Yeah, we do. Uh, but the Lord wants us to humble ourselves as Christ humbled himself. And then temperance. Uh, temperance is a matter of self-control. And that's, that's something that's greatly needed in our day. Meekness and temperance are t- both lacking uh, greatly in our society. Uh, Folks seem to be out of control. And even believers sometimes look out of control. You know, God wants us to be and have uh, self-control. So, according to Christ Jesus is according to the example and spirit of Christ. Uh, It's also according to what Christ has commanded and requires. Listen, if every believer would imitate the example of Christ and follow his instructions, there would be no contentions in the church ever. That's right. You know, this just, just wouldn't be. And uh, look at John's, uh, John chapter number 17. John chapter number 17. And look at what Christ prayed here. According to Christ, Jesus would be according to what Christ prayed in his, to, in his prayer to his heavenly Father here. John 17, verse number 21. And uh, just so you know, he's praying for us here. Let's go, look at verse 20. Neither pray I for these alone, talking about the disciples that were with him then, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. And that just keeps going on and on. We all, we all came to Christ through 
the witness of the, of the apostles and disciples there. So this is for us. He says that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that, that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. So, um, according to Christ Jesus, would be according to that that he prayed the Father. That's the, that was his will for us. He, when uh, he prayed, he was telling the Father his will. Uh, so, believers are to be like-minded in a godly way toward one another. Second thing we see, back in our text, take a look at verse number 6. <clears throat> he says, that ye, may be, that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's break this down. That ye may with one mind. Now, the, the word used here, uh, that is translated um, with one mind, is also translated as with one accord, with one accord. In Acts 1, 14, remember uh, the, the disciples were told to carry in Jerusalem, wait on the Spirit, wait on the, the coming of the Spirit. And it says in Acts 1, 14, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brethren. So, with, they were with one accord, meaning they had the same mind. They were with one mind. Acts 2 and verse number 1, the day that the Spirit uh, was manifested there on the day of Pentecost. It says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. That's that same, that you may be with, with one mind. Same, same word that is translated there. And then over in Acts 4.24, uh, when Peter and John got brought up before the council and uh, they figured out that uh, if they did too much to them, they were going to have trouble with the people, uh, they uh, threatened them, sent them back, sent, sent, them, sent them away. They went to their company, their company of believers, and uh, told them what had happened. And, and, and this is what it says in Acts 4.24. When they heard that, heard what happened, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. They had the same mind about what had happened um, and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. So what it means, uh, when we think about that ye may be with one mind, it means unitedly with one purpose, without contentions, without strifes. Um, not only one mind, but he said in one mouth. Back in our text there, one mouth. This refers doubtless to their praises and prayers uh, that they might join together without contention or unkind feeling in the worship of God. You know, th Think about our speech is to glorify God, isn't it? Uh, we, we are to uh, uh, be, be people that uh, uh, praise, we're to praise the Lord. And, you know, when, we, when the words that come out of our mouth is unacceptable, there's no praise, nothing, no praise to be found in that, is there? 
Uh, look at Revelation 5. Um, it's the last place I'm going to have you to turn. Um, Revelation 5. <clears throat> and what I want to look at here uh, is uh, the Apostle John in his vision that he saw, uh, whereby he wrote this book of the Revelation. He reveals to us the, uh, the goings on of what, what's happening up in heaven. And uh, take a look at verse number 11. Verse number 11. And I beheld, we're in Revelation 5, verse 11, and I beheld and, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. That's a lot of thousands, ain't it? <laughs> Man, that's a lot of them. Um, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Notice verse 13. Every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, heard I saying, Blessing, and honor, and glory, and power be unto them that sit, him that sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen, and the four and twenty elders fell down, and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. Uh, what we see there? We see they're together, Right? We see they have, have one mind and they have one mouth and they are praising the Lord with that one mind and one mouth. Um, they, uh, listen, divisions, strife, and contention in the church prevent union and unity, doesn't it? It, it does. Um, and I'm, I'm glad we don't have any of that right now, amen? Uh, Though the church body may be assembled together in one place, and profess to be engaged in public worship. Yet, uh, it's a divided assembly. Um, understand, you know, we can be together physically, but if we're not together in spirit and mind, um, understand that's not God-honoring at all. It's just not. And when there are divisions, strife, and contention that are present, uh, the Lord is not pleased. He wants us to, with one mind, and with one mouth to to worship Him, Amen. To 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 praise Him. Um, listen, and and as strife and contentions are not dealt with, it also affects prayers being offered. In fact, in Isaiah fifty nine verses one and two, the, the Lord called Israel out for such, something such as this when He told them, He said, "Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened." that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear you. And so, you know, when we're full of, uh, of uh, iniquity, uh, we just, just call it what it is, uh, the strife and contentions, then uh, it, it's going to affect our prayer life. Look back at the, our text there. That you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, our goal as believers should be to always glorify God in all that we say and all that we do. Amen? Amen. All that we say and all that we do. Um, Paul 
pretty much said that in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Now, that's a general rule sufficient to regulate uh, every man's conscience and practice that whether they eat or drink or whatever they do, they do it all with the aim to bring glory to God. And that's done by considering, we, we consider his precepts, consider his word, and uh, consider his propriety, uh, the way he acts, uh, expediency, appearance, and tendency of our actions. Listen, in, in what we're doing uh, is, is, is that bringing praise and honor to God? Well, if not, we need to stop and think, well, I'm supposed to be bringing glory to God in all that I say and do. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ is also our Heavenly Father. Amen? Um, He's uh, the Father of Jesus Christ, but He's our Heavenly Father. A Father wants union and peace in the family um, because His name is at stake. I I can tell you when... Uh, me and my brothers got out of sorts with one another. Um, my, my dad was quick to, to be the peacemaker. <laughs> so, you know, I'll take care of this. If, y'all, if you, you guys can't, uh, can't agree with one another, uh, I'm going to bring some agreement to it. Um, and uh, uh, we got in a, into agreement. Uh, but his name is at stake. Listen, our common heavenly father has commanded us to be united and to love one another. And our desire should be to honor uh, such a father as that, and we should therefore lay aside contentions and be united in the bonds of love. Now here's the third thing, the third verse. Uh, There in verse number 7, let's read it again. Wherefore, receive ye one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of of God, uh, so this means that we are are to receive one another as Christ also received us. Um, that word wherefore, in other words, it's, it's as in view of all the considerations which have uh, been presented here. I'm, I'm go back to even uh, chapter fourteen, uh, all the things that tend to produce uh, uh, strife and divisions, and we need to watch out for those things. But uh, we 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 need to. Uh, be about those things that tend to produce unity and love. In view of all the considerations which have been presented here, that that should tend to produce uh, uh, unity and love in our hearts and lives. He, he refers to the various arguments in this and the preceding chapter that we looked at last week. Um, Wherefore, receive ye one another. It's the next phrase there. In other words, acknowledge one another as fellow believers and treat one another as brethren. Uh, yes, we got differences. Um, you know, uh, we, we are different. God made us individuals. Uh, but we can still have one mind in the things of the Lord. Amen. Uh, but uh, even though we may differ in opinion about smaller matters, uh, let's make sure that we receive one another as brethren, as Christ also received us. And now think about this. He received us as his friends and followers. Christ did. Christ received us, we that are believers. 
He's received us. He received us to the glory of God. In order to promote God's glory, Christ has redeemed us and renewed us in order to promote the glory of God. All of the gospel, all that Christ did, it glorified, it lifted up uh, God. It, it glorified God. Ephesians 1 Verse number 6 says, To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. Listen, as Christ has received us in order to, to promote the glory of God, listen, we ought, we, we ought to treat each other in a similar manner for a similar purpose. We receive one another, why? For the glory of God, to maintain the glory of God. Now, the exhortation in this verse is to those who had been divided on various points pertaining to, as we saw last week, rites and ceremonies. Um, it was to those who had been converted. You had two groups. A group that were converted from Gentiles, yet that were converted to Christ. You had the Jews. A lot of differences between the Jews and the Gentiles before they got saved. Amen? But they're one in Christ. And the apostle says here that the Christ has received us. When he says received us, he's talking about both. Uh, in order to show this, and especially to show the Jewish converts that they ought to receive and acknowledge the Gentile brethren, he proceeds to show in the verses that follow that we're going to take a look at next week that Christ has reference to both Jew and and Gentile in his work. He shows this in reference to the Jews there in verse number 8. Let's, we'll read the verses, but we're going to come back and deal with these, Lord willing, next week. Verse number 8 says, Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. He's, he's showing here that uh, uh, he's acknowledging that Jesus Christ, the ministry he came to do, he came to uh, minister to the Jew. But that's not all. He says in verse 9, And that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, For this cause will I confess to thee among the Gentiles, and sing unto thy name. Talking about the heathen there. Um, and uh, he, he, he brought that about. He draws all his arguments from the work of Christ, which, Lord willing, we're going to take a look at because it's a, there's a lot involved in taking a look at what God did uh, to, for the Jew and what God did for the Gentile. And uh, what we need to do is keep in mind the things that we've said thus far tonight, and that is that as believers, we are to be like-minded in a godly way toward one another, and our being like-minded toward one another is needed to properly glorify God, and that's what we are to do with our lives is to glorify God. So this means that we are to receive one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for uh, the Scripture. We thank you for uh, the Apostle Paul uh, Lord, dealing with this matter of like-mindedness uh, among us as believers. 
And Lord, we know that we fight with this very thing. We struggle with it. Uh, we shouldn't. Uh, if we keep in mind uh, whose we are, who we belong to, and the, the mind that we have, and uh, the mind that He has, and we, we're, we're to, we have the mind of Christ, and, and we're to have His attitude in these things. And Lord, help us with these. And I, I pray that in the days ahead, Lord, that You will prompt our minds as we're tempted, uh, and, and all of us are tempted, uh, to, to, to uh, maybe to be at odds uh, with someone. Uh, help us be reminded that we are to be like-minded one toward another. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.